How well do you know yourself? Let's dive in. Welcome to a Healthy Control Podcast, providing education to create a healthy, balanced lifestyle, empowering you to take control of your health and not let health take control of you. I'm super excited for today's episode because it's something I don't think gets enough attention, but it can make a world of difference, and that is EQ. Not IQ, but EQ, or emotional quotient, is also referred to as EI, or emotional intelligence. It's ability to recognize and understand and manage your emotions and the emotions of others, and the central block of it is self-awareness. It all starts with identifying how you feel and what triggers you. And from there, you can verbalize and work on it. So without giving too much away yet, there's actually a pretty cool chart later on we're going to get into to discuss that very thing. EQ also involves skills like empathy and self-regulation, social skills, and even motivation. We utilize EQ every single day. If you look at a toddler and, or have ever been around one, you can see what a low EQ looks like. Think about last time a child had a meltdown because... You gave him or her an orange spoon, but they wanted the blue spoon, even though they actually pointed to the orange spoon. And no, I'm not making this up. But EQ can be taught and developed. Now, I promise it's not, not a parenting podcast today, but another really cool example here with toddlers. So imagine you're playing blocks and, you know, just stacking them up and, uh-oh, my, my tower fell over. How you react is how your child is going to react. If you show that you're sad and say something like, oh man, I'm bummed my tower fell, but you know, I can rebuild it. Next time your child tower falls over, they're going to react in a very similar way to what you did because they're, they're copying you. They're learning to self-regulate, which is a component of EQ, based off your teaching. If you get all mad and frustrated and start throwing things, they're going to also. But EQ is more than just teaching your toddler how to handle life when their blocks get knocked over metaphorically. But just take a second to think about in your day thus far, how many philosophical blocks have been knocked over? In regards to your physical health, imagine how you feel if all those blocks took your stress level to the moon. Every single time a little thing happened, it just melted you down. That's just utterly exhausting to be so stressed all the time and stress can also lower our immune system and even down to the cellular level stress can cause an increase in cardiovascular risk like heart attack stroke and vascular disease simply put to get so upset all the time is not a good thing and it's not a healthy thing and it's not being in control of your health at that point EQ is also related to risky behavior. There's a study down in the notes, and it it associated lower scores on certain part of the EQ with increased rates of risky driving behavior, potentially because these people maybe get road rage a little easier or negatively react when they get cut off. On the flip side, a higher EQ is actually associated with better math scores. EQ is literally all around you. Before we get into some ways to actually improve your EQ, because... I'm not just here to spit some facts at you and call it a day. Let's talk about EQ and mental health. So right off the bat, I am not a mental health expert. And if you feel that you're in a crisis or having feelings of anxiety or depression, I encourage you to reach out. 
And even if you're not struggling in this moment, but it's something you've been through or you feel like could happen in the future, therapy is something that everyone can benefit from. And I highly encourage you all to go. Diving into the research, it's as clear as a sunny day in Jamaica that a high EQ is related to low levels of anxiety and depression, especially having higher emotional clarity or the ability to understand what you're feeling. Now, this is really cool and what I alluded to earlier. When you have time, look up Wheel of Emotions. So it takes seven emotions, anger, disgusted, sad, happy, surprised, bad, and fearful, and breaks them down into subcategories, and then those into another subcategory. So a little example here, are you feeling mad, or are you feeling let down or frustrated? Are you feeling let down because you feel betrayed or resentful? You see how much more powerful that can be to say, I feel betrayed by your actions versus I'm mad at you? And not only is it more clear for the other person, it's more clear for you to understand what you're actually feeling. And it does. It takes a ton of practice to be able to fully identify these emotions. But once you can verbalize what's happening, once you can verbalize to yourself and to the other person, you can fix it. You can finally approach your spouse, your partner, your friend, whomever, and say, I feel betrayed because you did X, Y, and Z. Can we talk about it? Rather than silent treatment or hey, I'm mad at you. Well, why are you mad? I don't know. I'm just mad. That doesn't get anywhere. When you can verbalize it, when you can identify it, you can fix it. Emotional repair is another super cool thing. So this is when you're essentially able to get through tough times. It's the process of acknowledging, allowing, accepting, integrating, and processing painful life experiences and strong emotions. So when we're able to develop this, when we're able to develop emotional repair, we're better able to control intrusive thoughts. Think about being in a social setting and you notice there's a stain on your shirt. When we have a high emotional repair, we can acknowledge the stain, allow and accept it, maybe even integrate it and make a joke out of it or just get through it. On the other hand, if you have a low emotional repair, that's when these intrusive thoughts take over. Oh my gosh, so-and-so is going to notice and then they're going to think I'm a slob or that you know, I can't take care of myself. I can't keep my clothes clean. It's going to be in all these pictures. Everyone's going to see it. I should just leave this party because of this stain. I might've been a bit exaggeratory, maybe not, but one of those sounds like a much more joyful evening than the other. So true story here about my own stupidity. During our wedding, after the ceremony, we're taking pictures and I've been over to pick up our three-year-old niece and split my pants. We had about four or five hours to go in the rest of the night, and I had a rip in my pants. And not just anywhere, not in the best place. So I had two options. I could freak out and let it ruin my night in our wedding. Or in the next picture, I leaned over my wife and I said, hey, I just split my pants. And we laughed about it. So let's get into some ways to improve your EQ right after the break. EQ. Emotional intelligence or motion quotient. A higher EQ is linked to less anxiety and depression, better math scores and possibly other subjects, better stress management and lower risky behavior among a skew of other things. So how do we improve it? Let's talk. This right here is coming from the Division of Education at Harvard. Fairly reputable. They cited this study, which was super neat, that 95% of people reported themselves as being self-aware. You know, the cornerstone for EQ However, after testing, only 10 to 15% of people were truly self-aware. It's almost ironic how unself-aware we are 
whether or not we're self-aware. So to me, this shows that we all have room to improve, especially when we think we do not. We probably do. So let's test it and let's kind of divide high EQ versus low EQ with some of these examples. Personally, how do you handle difficult people? People with high EQ are able to handle difficult people and situations with tact and diplomacy, while low EQ people have a problem being assertive. I'll be the first to admit, I'm a little more on the low EQ side for that one. I'm not one who thrives under confrontation. I try to think of ways to smooth out the issue. So right off the bat, that's somewhere I need to work on. What about stressful situation? Do you remain calm or do you feel overwhelmed with emotions? Do you find that you get upset easily and often are misunderstood? That's a sign of lower EQ. And that's likely because you're unable to clearly express yourself to yourself and to others. So you feel misunderstood. People with high EQ are better at influencing others towards a common goal and not in a manipulative way. It's coming together, understanding both sides, understanding both parties' goals to bring them together for a common goal. And people with high EQ understand the link between their emotions and how they behave. Simply saying, hey, I'm a little hangry right now, or you know what, I just need five minutes to calm down is a sign of high EQ that you can recognize I'm not at my best self right now because I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm overwhelmed, this or that. Remove yourself from the situation until you get back to equilibrium and then be able to go back in. That is a very high EQ strategy. So let's improve our EQ by first starting with yourself. So let's utilize the emotion wheel to clearly identify how you're feeling and bonus credit when you're able to share that with someone else. You can try the phrase, I feel blank because blank and it's important to identify the emotion and the cause i have many times before felt anxious but i didn't know why and not knowing why made me feel even more anxious so being able to identify okay i feel anxious that didn't make me feel any better because i didn't know why but if i could figure out why even if it was just a little reason that didn't really matter at the grand scheme of things, figuring out that why of why I was feeling anxious would have helped me feel less anxious. Again, don't just tell your partner that you're mad, that you're upset, that you're disappointed. I'm disappointed because blank. And then you two can both work on it together. Another great strategy to improve your EQ is ask others for feedback on how they feel you respond in a stressful situation or with conflict. Do they feel that they can come to you and tell you negative news? Or do they feel uneasy bringing that negative news to you because they think you're not going to take it well? And this is super self-reflective, but a great two-for-one is to watch how you respond if they give you less than ideal feedback when you ask how they feel you do in stressful situations. So, hey, how do I do in stressful situations? I don't think you do too well, bud. You kind of crumble in pressure. How do I respond to that? Because if I get defensive... There's definitely something that I need to work on. This third tip is probably something you did not think of, but it's read. Go read a book and not a book about EQ or empathy or something like that. Just any good old book because reading books that give insight into other people's emotions can help you improve your ability for empathy. Oh, I see why that character did that. Oh, That thought process does make sense to me. Okay, I don't think I would have realized that without them verbally stating that. 
I think it's extremely powerful to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes in your daily life. And for me, it provides a lot of peace knowing, you know what, they cut me off, but maybe their wife is in labor or maybe if they're late to work one more time, they're going to get fired. Maybe something else is going on that they didn't mean to be a jerk. That's just how it happened. Quick little tangent on this, empathy versus sympathy. So sympathy is just saying, I'm sorry that happened to you. But empathy is relating to their situation and putting yourself in their shoes. If your wife was in labor, if you were about to get fired for being late, how would you feel in that moment? And would you want people to be understanding of you? Fourth tip here. Find at least one person where you both feel comfortable and can push each other to improve your EQ. It could be a partner, a friend, family member, coworker, just someone who's able to express their emotions, and you can work together and continue to practice this skill. And if you don't know right off the bat somebody like that, just practice on somebody. Hey man, I had a tough day today, something happened at work. And see how they respond. If they're very receptive, oh, tell me about it. They probably are a good person to work with. But if they're just like, oh, that sucks, sorry about that, eh, try someone else maybe. Once you have found that person, observe how they handle difficult situations and go back to tip number two and ask them how they think you do on the situations like such. Last tip here, journaling and mindfulness. I'm going to group these together because once you kind of think about it, they're more or less the same. It's the same process. Thinking about your day and or where your body is in that moment. With mindfulness, you could be in a busy subway feeling overwhelmed or helpless And you can begin to take in your feelings and your surroundings to understand why. Remember, identify the feeling and the cause. So I feel helpless in this busy subway because I'm in a crowded train and I don't have control right now. Then go back to your emotional repair. Acknowledge, accept these potentially big emotions. And sometimes, again, just identifying these emotions and situations can reduce the response. So to wrap up those five tips, number one, use the emotion wheel. Number two, ask for feedback from others, how you respond. Number three, read books. Number four, converse with somebody. And number five, journal and mindfulness. Thank you for listening to a Healthy Control podcast. You can find us at YouTube at a Healthy Control and make sure you subscribe. You can also reach me at a healthy control at gmail.com with any comments or questions you'd like answered on the show. Reminder, a healthy control podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not in lieu of any medical advice. If you have any concerns about your health, please speak to your healthcare provider.